My brother is a cop. He owns a house. He's got two kids. Uh, my sister is in school to be a nurse. It just kind of feels like I'm not on the track of what it's like you you you're constantly trying to get your parents approval and i still feel like even at 34 i'm trying to get that even though they totally love me and approve of everything i'm doing there is i think because of what happened there is that like i'm not living up to the expectations that were set forth for me when i was born hence you feel like a failure even though you're not I'm Megan Armstrong. Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. This is Ryan's story. Welcome back. We are in episode 35 of the Six Feet Above podcast. It is a Monday and I am sitting across from my new manager, Ryan <laughs> Makeley Phillips. I'm like, is this a hyphenated name? Do we go with that? And he's like, yes, yep. yes, all, yes, of, we it, do. all yes. of it. So welcome. Welcome to Thank the you. show. I'm excited to have you on because you're the first male of season three. Oh, okay. I've had all females so far. It's just been like this season's been a little bit more. I don't. It's it's definitely still mental health based, but definitely um, more specific topics from week to week that are more intertwined. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to kind of go off of those topics and start with something different this oh, week. Oh yeah, let's go off. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ryan and I, this is kind of crazy. Like. I always like to explain like how I met the person that I'm interviewing and I mean the I... fact that we've known each other for like nine years but never yes. met until like a couple months ago. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I record I uh, interviewed Paige a few weeks ago. Yep. And like Ryan and I, we've known who each other are, yeah. but like we never met until like three months ago. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, can I get a job? And you're like, you're hired. I'm like, yep. okay, great. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know? Finally, after all these years, nice to finally meet yeah. you. Welcome yeah. aboard. Exactly. Yes. So we worked at Flywheel at the same time, like same era. Yep. Except that was in New York and you were down here. Right. So like we knew of, you know, black back in the day when like Flywheel was like the thing. The thing. And alive. Um, oh, rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. <R-A-P-I-E. laughs> you know, you oh. knew all the big people. Like, yes. You knew all the people in the different cities, but not everyone always met each other. Well, and like I was like in charge of like recruiting with right. Kate Hickel. Right. And I never needed to come to Atlanta because right. you guys were like <laughs> popping and locking and grooving. It was like, just leave them alone. Yeah. No need to go there. That's, That's fine. right. That's They're right. Fine. Little did anyone know that they needed to come here. Yep. <laughs> That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's show. another podcast. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you here, and I'm I'm incredibly grateful that you are open to sharing, of course, this story because you know as much as 
it is talked about and it's accepted, quote unquote, I still think um, not a lot of people share their history of how they came out, how difficult it was to come mm -hmm. out, what it was like with parents as yours. Or sometimes we'll it's out. just frowned upon to really explain it, explain it, yeah. and, and to be raw and right. honest, which like, is like, why is it? But why it, is that a bad thing? But it like what you go through as a kid will affect most of your childhood if you don't deal with it. And even when you do deal with it, it's still going to affect oh, you. Yeah. 100% right? emoji. Like, yes. You probably still have some emotional yes. effects from the shit you went through. Absolutely. So where are you from originally? I am originally from Long Island, New York, okay. um, Suffolk County, Lake Grove, like middle of Long Island. Yeah. So like hour and a half from the Hamptons, hour and a half away from Manhattan. Got it. Which we're both New Yorkers. However, there's a big difference between- You are way up there. <laughs> Like what did a you lot guys, colder. What did you did you guys know that there was the rest of the state? Oh yeah, I had an uncle that lived in Syracuse. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. we I'm okay. familiar with Syracuse, okay. but like we went like maybe three times in my entire life. Well, why would what would you go? Why There's, would no. you go? <laughs> like why would you go? It's too cold. It's freezing. Freezing. No. I, I was home two weeks ago and we had snow for Mother's Day. Mm, yeah, I'm like, I don't miss that. That's nice. I don't it's miss also that at just all. very depressing. You know, yes. It's very gray and it's great at Christmas time and yes. that's it. And yeah. then I never want to see snow ever uh -uh. again. I see it for a week and I'm like, and we're done. And we're done. Great. Unless I'm going to go to It's like, 90 in Atlanta. I need to go back home. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it turns like, you know, 90 in September, we're bitching about how bad the weather is here in Atlanta. So it's like, you just, you can't Although wait. I got to say, when I moved down here, I was like, oh no, I'm good. I like this. You it's do? fine. Yeah. I don't I mean, I it. think Florida's worse. Oh, hundred percent worse. Um, but I also lived in the Valley in Los Angeles. So that would be like 114. Yes. And that was Brutal. Like, oh, it's dry heat. I'm like, it doesn't matter. No, nope, it doesn't matter. Shit. I mean, I when I uh, recruited for the Scottsdale flyweight, yeah. rest in peace. Um, <laughs> I went to Arizona for the first time in July, uh -huh. and it was 120 degrees. And yep. they were like, "Don't go outside." And I was like, yeah. "Well, I have to. I have to go find talent." <laughs> so I had no choice, and it was terrible. Yeah. And they were like, "It's dry." And I was like, "It doesn't matter. It's still 120 degrees." So we used to train when I was like 13, 14, 15. I would train during the summers outside of Phoenix, and they would have to cool the pool. Yeah, they would literally have to ice the pool. It got that hot. Yeah, it was terrible. It was awful, awful. Anyways, I don't know. I don't even know how we got on the topic. This, this is. I have a feeling this is the way this is gonna go. It's, yeah, it is. Ryan and I. Will, Stay like, tuned. Stay with us. <laughs> it's just. It, I promise you, it'll be good. The first time, like honestly, the first time we met, we had a little happy hour, and it turned into like a three and a half lunch on a Monday. It did. So, and I was like, oh, I have to go teach a yeah, class. We got like, to, we got to. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, grew up in Long Island. Um, give us a little history about your family. So uh, my family, um, honestly, everyone is from Long Island. Mm -hmm. um, I do have an uncle that lives out in San Diego. Okay. Uh, but he moved out there way before I was born. So literally my entire family is on Long Island. Parents married? Were they married growing up? Um, they met. They were, I want to say they were high school sweethearts, but then they broke up when they went to college and yeah. got back together. But mom and dad, if you're listening, I think that's wrong. <laughs> um, but they were either high school or college sweethearts. But growing up, they were married, right? You didn't you didn't come from a divorced family. No, no, no. They're still together. Got no, it. They... Still together. And didn't you say family's Irish Catholic or? Yeah, we're mostly we're mostly Italian, but we oh, are Italian. a little bit that's of Irish right. too. Okay. But yes, we okay. are Catholic. Yes. Okay, got it. So because you know that's that comes into play. Oh yeah, where we're going with this yes. with this story. Absolutely. Do you have siblings. You have a brother. I have a brother who is 
uh, two and a half years younger than okay. me, and then I have a sister that's 14 years younger than oh, me. Oh, I didn't know you had a sister. Yes, she was a noopsie daisy. Oh, surprise. I was 14 when my parents told me that we were having another baby. <gasps> and I mean, we're going to just segue now. Yeah. Uh, the way I was told, um, we were told to come upstairs into my parents' bedroom, uh-huh. and my mother was sitting on the bed, and my father was lying down with a pack of frozen peas on his crotch because my mother didn't know she was pregnant. Went to the doctor, found out she was pregnant, and my father went and got a vasectomy. Oh, God, like that moment. that's how we were introduced, and my first instinct was to be like, well, I'm not going to love it. Uh, We didn't know if it was a boy or girl, so I said it. (laughs) I was like, it's getting no attention from me. But now I love my sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's 20. But like, so you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. You're you're the the big brother of the fam. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... (laughs) You know, until you were about 13 and a half, what was growing up like? Growing up, um, you know. Well, growing up was very weird because I always knew something was different. Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew I was, like, I was very attracted to the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I was very attracted to, like, <laughs> Zach on Say by the Bell. I mean, who like, wasn't? You know, on. and I was never right. really, like, attracted to the women. I wanted to be friends right. with them. I had a very intense... Uh, obsession with the Little Mermaid and My Little Ponies. Not to be stereotypical, but that's just what it was growing up. Um, You know, I always loved going through my grandmother's jewelry. Yeah. Um, So, and it was weird because, you know, not that my parents forced me to, but they really wanted me to play sports. Sure. So, growing up, I was... um, you know, playing baseball, basketball. Right. I even played football, believe it or not, in junior high, like on the team. And I was terrible at all of it. And I didn't want to do Did it. Did you ever enjoy any of those sports? No. I mean, I guess when I was a kid, I liked, you know, the uh, attention, yeah. the teamwork, yeah. per se. But um, I never, it just never really felt natural to me. Like I always, I really, I mean, once again, not to sound stereotypical, right. I really just wanted to take dance classes and gymnastics and do other things that I found interesting. Right. But because, you know, it's the early 90s and I was a boy. Right. This is you know, this is what you ago. do when you're a boy. Sure. This is, you play sports, you play baseball, sure. you play basketball. Sure. Um, but I also had asthma. So oh. I was never. <laughs> Never good. Still have asthma to this day. I was never good at anything. Um, I tried. Yeah. You know, but also my dad was the coach. Uh, so, you know, people would be like, well, you know, he's still on the team because. Right, because his dad's. Yeah. Coaching. And I was like, please, I just want to do Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, my God. I just want to do musicals. Oh, my um, goodness. But yeah, that's how it was up until um, I would say. Yeah, 13, four, 13, 14 is when I finally stopped playing sports. Football was the last thing. It was in junior high school, okay. going into high school. Okay. And, like, you knew, and I guess my question, as a kid going through that, you know, you get to an age of 10, 11, 12, where you are good friends with other kids, and I don't know how much you share, but did you ever, like, talk about it with a friend or ask about it, or did you always just know – did you know something was different and did you know what it was or did you just know something was different? I knew something was different. I didn't know what it was. Okay. Um, but, you know, Will and Grace came on. Right. So then you start seeing you, your feelings, I guess. I shouldn't say because sure. you don't know what's going on, but you start seeing things that you can identify with. Right. Uh, Ellen came out. Yeah. Um, you know, there was just a little bit more queer visibility mm-hmm. 
on TV, there was always, I shouldn't say always, there were always glimpses of it, but it was always very stereotypical right. and like a side character. Right. So, you know, when you get, it was like, I guess the late 90s, early 2000s is when it started to be like mainstream media right. kind of in your face. Sure. And that was new. Yeah. So then a lot of people, millennials, yeah. you know, we started seeing representation of us everywhere. And it was like, well, how do we process this? Right, right. Um, Iris, I didn't really, I mean, I would talk about it with my friend, my drama club friends. Okay. So they did, your parents did let you join the drama club? Yeah, in, in uh, junior high junior school, high. yes. Okay. So then I, you know, I got my, it was like, I belong. Yeah. It was yeah. like a moment yeah. of like, ah, this is what these I'm. These are my people. These are my people. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, you know, I played cello for, I played it for like 15 years. Really? Yeah. I can still do it. That's so random. I know. I'm like a jack of all trades. Wow. Um, but you know, I played, I was always in music. Yeah. I, I, I was in chorus. Um, I did all that stuff cause that's what you had, like you sort of had to do, had to do in elementary school and junior high school, but it always just felt more natural to be more artistic right. than, Sporty. Sporty. Did anyone ever kind of call you out for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I did not fit in on the football team in junior <laughs> high school at all. <laughs> that was that was traumatic. Was it? Because you're starting to hear all these words yeah. that are derogatory being thrown at you, but also, you know, in, in playful jest, I guess, right. because that was like the toxic masculinity right. of pubescent teens going through all the sure. hormonal rages you know I'm like oh i did not want to shower mm. with any of the guys because I, yeah what's going on you yeah. know i mean yeah <laughs> you know literally <laughs> like, like so yeah. um it just felt weird but yeah there was a lot of terms that were always thrown my way and i yeah. always i would get upset um i was bullied a lot yeah. when i mm, Probably around 11 okay. is when, like, I would physically get hit from kids. Um, I did get punched in the face one time, and uh, some of my braces came off. Oh. Yeah, so, like, my dad went and talked to his parents, and then they moved. Oh, oh gosh. So I don't know what he said. Oh, boy. But, um, <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, You have to you... realize my dad is also, like, 6'9", Italian, really? and, like, over 300 pounds. Like, he no is way. he's a very – he's a teddy bear, but, like, yeah. you know, if you piss him off, like, yeah. he's – He's very tall and. What does he do? What do your parents do? He, they're both in sales. Okay. Well, my mom now um, works with autistic children in an elementary school, Aww. but growing up, they were all in high sales. Got it. Yeah. Got sales, it. Sales, 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 sales. That kind of household. Go, go, go. Yeah. Okay. Very like high expectations. High expectations, but like still with love. Got it. You know, but like just be like my mom was high up at one company. Yeah. She was traveling to Hong Kong a lot for work. Uh, my dad was with the same company for the last 39 years. He wow. recently just sort of retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just like sales driven, goal driven. Yeah. That's like that kind of mentality, mentality yeah. growing yeah. up. Yes. So at what point did you, were you finally able to identify what was different? Well, when the internet came out, you could research porn. <laughs> like, how do you even? How did you even know what porn? Like, how did you even know what to? Honestly, Google I or... I looked back on it, and we had obvious. It was a family computer. Yeah. You know, one. This was if, if you are <laughs> the bo- dial up. If you were born after two thousand, you do not understand the struggle right, of a right. dial up or mm-hmm. you know, 
you not being able to make a phone call because someone's, someone's on, the, on computer. the computer. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would alternate between playing Roller Toaster Tycoon and just, I guess, I guess there was a search engine. I don't even know yeah, what I it was, but either. I would just Google. I mean, I, it wasn't Google. It was whatever it was. Yeah. Ask Jeeves, maybe. Was that what it was? Was it Ask Jeeves or like? Yeah, I feel like something. With an but a. like, yeah, I would just start, you know, seeing looking what's around. what, looking around, and then I was like, oh. And then if I heard someone come up the stairs, I would go Close back to up. playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> so you, Mom, had... Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Listen, my parents have listened to almost every episode, and I do a lot of that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I made it to where I am in life as a successful, kind human being. Yes. So the things that I did as a child or growing up, like... It's insignificant. Those were, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? It, it got it you to where you are. It's it got fine. me to where I am, and I learned a lot of lessons, and thank God my parents didn't know a lot of things at the, the time it was happening. No. And I turned out okay. <laughs> so whatever. Here we are. Yep. Here we are. So you actually did not come out. They found out. They found out because, and I just told you this before we started mm-hmm. recording, but I didn't know that there was a history on the internet. <laughs> you could just see what websites you went to, and they uh, found it. Uh-huh. <laughs> How did, how did that go down? How did um, it didn't you? go well. Um, you know, we are Catholic, we're yeah. Italian, so yeah. I think there was a lot of expectations, um, you know, for grandkids. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I should and say... And you're the firstborn. I'm the firstborn. Right. Um, I think it just came as like a big shock. Yeah. But like, you know, also my parents lost a lot of friends in the 80s and early 90s due to HIV and AIDS. Yeah. So I think that there was just more concern... Right. About that sort of like, because it was, you know, this is, we're talking 2001. Right. You know what I mean? AZT was still a thing. Thank you, Rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it was still yeah. like, it wasn't, it was still sort of a death sentence. Yeah. You know, and it was just, even though heterosexual people can get HIV sure. and AIDS, it was just commonly for a long time, just, oh, this is a gay disease right this only happens to homosexuals right. because it's a life of sin and right. but right, right, right um you know it's just it was one of those things i think there was it was a shock yeah it was a shock yeah definitely yeah. so how did they bring it up like how um truth be told a lot of that is blurry mm. but like you know they brought me into their bedroom and they just asked questions about it and there was crying and then I think, you know, I mean, it was traumatic. I was yeah. thir- 13. Yeah. Thir- yes. I was 13 also, and a half, like, at 13, like, you don't even know what's going on. You know, on, I know, but right? also, like, I mean, when you go through trauma as a kid, and I'm not saying, like, my parents are great people. Right. They're my best friends. Right. But, you know, even just having that conversation, yeah. even if it goes well, is still traumatic right. for someone that's 13. Absolutely. So I think part of my psyche definitely pushed a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. back Put a lock on it. Right. You know, I mean, I have like, it's almost like um, when you go through something traumatic and you try to rethink it, it's sort of just is stills. Yeah. You don't remember moments or minutes. It's just like photographs, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like that's kind of what is resonated in my brain. Hmm. And did you ever like talk to somebody to work through any of those issues or we did we did see a therapist um to just sort of uh discuss right is this peer pressure Mm. is this really is this really happening so to speak but like later in life as as an adult have any of these issues 
or trauma that you went through at 13 that you kind of just locked and put away? Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, I'll just say it now. Like, you know, like, I'm, I went to school for theater. Yeah. Uh, I'm not great with money. Yeah. Uh, I've lived in New York and San Francisco, uh-huh. back to New York and Atlanta. Uh-huh. This is like my 19th apartment I've rented. Right. So there is still that, like, you know, like my brother is a cop. He owns a house. He's got two mm-hmm. kids. Uh, my sister is in school to be a nurse. It just kind of feels like I'm not on the track of what it's like. You you you're constantly trying to get your parents' approval, mm. and I still feel like even at 34, I'm trying to get that. Yeah. Even though they totally love me and approve of everything I'm doing, sure. there is I think because of what happened, there is that like I'm not living up to the expectations right. that were set forth for me when I was born. Yeah. Hence, you feel like a failure, even though you're not. Right. So I think that that is a psychological. Can I curse? It, yes. Did I have a, a mind fuck? Yeah, it's a mind just, fuck. I, you took it out. I'm like, I know exactly where. I you're feel going like I'm cursed, but I was like, I don't know because I. I'm... It's and that's a double edged sword, and I think that's kind of you know when anyone is dealing with any sort of struggle, whether it's mental health, whether it's coming out, whether it's whatever is going on in your life, you always feel like, even if you're supportive, even if you're loved by your parents. There is still, like, I feel this very similar. You know, I'm 39. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I, I'm i not, you know, I like men. But but also, let's just normalize that. Right. Like. But that's where, exactly where I was going. Like, I'm so fucking happy. And I am so secure in who I am. I'm confident. And I know that makes my parents more proud than anything. But I still, there's still a part of me. Well, that's, that's the, that wishes, that's right? the American dream. Right. But, like, let's just normalize dogs as babies. Right. (laughs) You know, like, let's, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Let's, I mean, I would rather, and this is no offense to anybody out there who has kids, I would rather have a ranch full of dogs than one kid. Yeah. But that's just, that makes me happy. Right. You know, and I mean, my my parents recognize that our dog, my husband and I's dog, Jubilee, Jubilee. that's their grandkid. Right. They get get her gifts. They call her their grandbaby. Yeah. Like, both sets of parents and my husband's and mine do the, the, it's like, yeah, she is a part of the family. Like she is, she is your granddaughter. Yeah. But there's still that as happy as you are as, as, Oh yeah. There's still that. I I need to, I need to prove myself that I'm a, I'm a good son. Like I want to have it this way and I want to have it this way. Yes. So this goes down at 13. What was the rest of junior high and high school like? Um, well, it was a constant battle between my parents and I, but at that time my mother was pregnant. Oh. So I think once my sister was born, my father was just kind of like, he's a good kid. Yeah. Let's just let him be happy. Okay. With 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 limitations. Sure. You know what I mean? But sure. like I was heavily in the drama club. I was doing uh, community theater outside of school. Yeah. So like I had found my people. Oh, yeah. And when you start doing, you know, when you're 14, 15 years old and you start doing community theater, you are with 20-year-olds that are gay, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and you're like, you start seeing yourself and you're like, oh, oh, and it starts to make sense. Once you branch out of your little bubble, you know what I mean? When you're a teenager, you start branching out and doing things. And then- Definitely, we found I found my tribe like right away. I mean, I would imagine if you like, I'm just thinking about it from my hometown. Like, we didn't have any of that. You know, that was like, you know, it was a cursing and a bless. It was a 
Oh my God, what did I say? A cursing it's, and a blessing. <laughs> it is a curse and a blessing <laughs> a to have grown up along on Long yeah. Island because it has a lot of regional theater. It's got a lot of it's it's a very it's got a lot of gay populations. It has Manhattan. It's right. got the Fire Island, but Long Island is very segregated and homophobic too. Yes, is it really? Yes, there are pockets of blatant homophobia and racism. Um, even looking back as a kid, yeah, you know, it's just there. It's it's a it's kind of like sh- Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago is a very segregated city. Yep. Long yep. Island's very segregated. Were you ever like fearful? No, because I was always either at rehearsal mm-hmm. for school or at rehearsal for community theater. So Got I was it. consistently just surrounded by my tribe, which yeah. I mean, in hindsight, when I left New York yeah. later in life was problematic because when you live in New York, right. it's the center of the universe yep. and you get over to the West Coast and you're like, oh, yeah. There's okay, there, there's a whole nother, and then like, world. oh my God, people actually live in the middle of America too. Right. You know, you, you start to realize that. So right. like, yes, it was great. I was very supported. You know, there are a lot of queer people that grow up in the Bible Belt. It's, yeah. you know, it's a lot harder. I, It was hard. It, it could have been worse. Right. But I wasn't aware of a lot of the stuff because I was in a safe bubble with yeah. my tribe. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I always believe it can always be worse everything can always be worse but you should never compare your traumas yes because no. i look at some people that had it way worse than i did and i'm like okay then you feel worse for being depressed because i'm like nothing tragic happened to me but i still felt awful so it's like this thing where you you just have to focus on how you feel and what you went through yes and yes there are people that are going to go through way worse things and maybe not be emotionally affected nearly as much as you mm. were going through whatever. Yes, exactly. Right? So I was thinking back to Sheldon's uh, story. I interviewed Sheldon, like my very first interview, and he's from the Bible, Bible yes, Belt. Yes. And that was like a, I mean, whoo. But again, that's what he went through. This is what you went through. Mm-hmm. So where'd you go to college? I went to college at Pace University in Manhattan. Oh. I had gotten a... F- uh-oh. I should have. No, it's it's I okay. Feel like this is a story. I got wasted, waitlisted for a lot of schools, um, and I got a like large scholarship mm. to go to SUNY Purchase because mm. it's a state school. Yeah, and there, I got into their conservatory program, and my mother was like, "I really think you should go to Purchase." I was like, "No, I'm going into <laughs> Manhattan. I'm going to this school that gave me twenty five hundred dollars a year." I want this. And she was like, okay. Uh, now I understand why, because yeah. student loans are terrible. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> if yeah. I went to SUNY Purchase, I would not have student loan uh-huh. debt. But I don't regret it. What was your major? It was, uh, well, I went for musical theater at first. Yeah. And then when I got to school, I switched to acting um, because there was no real scene work. Yeah. There was no Shakespeare. There, was, right, there right, wasn't right. really really any acting technique. It was acting through song. Got it. That was like the four years. And I was like, mm, I want to like Real. study Meisner and Shakespeare. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, so I went that route. Um, you know, we didn't, it wasn't, Manhattan was your campus. Right. Like we didn't have sport. I mean, the Westchester campus for Pace University had sports team, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, and we were in downtown Manhattan. Right. Uh 
and you know people we didn't have sororities or frat houses we just went to the east village where they didn't card right that was that was what Got we did wherever yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so at what point did you fall into love with fitness like okay so i my whole life was very overweight um really oh yes as a kid i was i was big i was a big kid like just did you oh why why did you overeat were you did you um know? i think honestly it was a lot of i i was would it a coping mechanism yeah it was it still is is it yeah absolutely well, that's, that's your story yeah it's a coping mechanism food you know it's it's yeah. comfort it's you know when you get stress it's stress eating yeah. all that stuff yeah. so like i was big as a kid and then as i was going to college lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. but like no muscle so i was just this like string bean like being like i'm gonna do shakespeare's like yeah. mm, lift a weight kid right you know right. what i mean um i didn't really fall into fit uh in love 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 with fitness until probably my sophomore year of college didn't really still understand fitness but i worked at the front desk of equinox in union square mm. so i had a free membership just I would, to get a job yeah, or, just to yeah, get a job yeah because yeah, my you know my parents were like right if you can yeah start working, working yeah. um at doing something you know you learn the value of a dollar when you're yeah. in college and you're like oh yes yeah. okay so i did have a job it was like three days a week nights and sometimes maybe mornings but i just you know i would take some spin classes i would do some things and i was like oh this is fun not knowing really that fitness is a part of the like if you're going to be an actor yeah it it goes hand in hand but they didn't really teach us that in college Mm -hmm. they really if anyone from pace university is listening (laughs) you didn't really teach us a lot (laughs) that we needed to know love you all but we could have done better yeah um but it really wasn't until um, that, but then when I was, I, you know, I graduated with a BFA in acting. I was doing soap operas. Really? I was doing, I did one life to live a bunch. I got my SAG after card because yeah. of that. Um, I, while I was in college, I was learned how to be a puppeteer. Okay. So then I booked an off Broadway show. Uh, John Tartaglia's Imagine Ocean at New World Stages. So random. I, I listen. Don't know any I, of people this. when people find out that I was like a professional puppeteer <laughs> for like a couple of years, they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but like, of course, chaotic yeah, life. It would. It makes would. Sense. It actually. Now it that you know sense. me, yeah, yeah it would absolutely yeah. make sense. Um, but like, you know, you start to realize when you're out of college, and a bunch of my friends realize this too. Right. Like, my name was in a playbill. Mm. It's in a shadow box so in my cool. mom's basement. It was not enough to pay any bills, none. So I was still waiting tables while doing this kid's show in the morning and I would wait tables at night. Um, And I really was just like, I don't know if I like this anymore. And then Flywheel had opened in New York. Uh And at the time, I mean, now we should change everything to it, but they were paying $15 an hour. to do the front desk but this was back in like 2010 which was like which is whoa absurd. Like, so i was like you know they wanted me full time yeah. 40 hours a week yeah and i was like oh i can do my my off broadway show mm-hmm. and this and at that time and i guess i can say this because the company does not exist Correct. anymore we would you would you could just take class and stay clocked in really yeah so we had like 
I was at the Upper East Side studio and we had like a road, like I would work the night shifts yeah. and was like, okay, I'm going to take the 4.30, you're going to take the 5.30 and you're going to take the 6.30. So we, like all the front desk team was going to take a class, yeah. stay and clocked I, in, yeah, yeah, make that $15 an hour. So like I got paid to lose weight. Well, that's, I honestly think more studios should do that. They should do that. Absolutely. They should. Cause it, it, because it fostered the community. Like, okay. Or you're going to work an eight hour day and now I have to stay another hour to work out. And like, yes, you should want to also work out, but, but if you don't want to like shit where you walking, eat. Right. But after eight hours, right. you're like, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Or you're going to be a walking billboard for this company. Exactly. I want you to look and feel as best you can. So I'm going to pay you $15 to stay. Yes. They should do that. So we just, it was like, we just did it amongst ourselves. Right. Um, and that's when I really fell in love with fitness mm. really, really, and it was especially indoor cycling. Right. Right. Um, and then after like losing 50 pounds in like wow. five months, six months, they were like, you need to teach. And I was like, no, I can't mm. do that. And they were like, it's just like performing. And yeah. I was like, well, I guess it is actually a thousand percent. Yeah. So yeah. then I auditioned. Yeah. And before I knew it, I was a master instructor. And I was like, oh, oh this is okay. This is yeah. You know, and it was really hard to decide to. I did the both for a while. I still auditioned for things and I was doing this. But at that time, too, my relationship with my husband, now husband, was getting stronger. And I'm like, well, do I really want to leave this job I love? Do a long distance relationship to go on like right. Disney Cruise Line? Right. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it really just started to become more of like a priority yeah. of like, well, what do I want in life? Right. I was like, well, I love my relationship with my boyfriend, now husband. Right. You know, I love what I'm doing. So when it when I got full time, that's when I was like, oh, OK, you know what? We're going to we're going to we're just going to part ways. Right. I right. can always go back to acting if I want to. That's what I thought. I really don't think I could do any of that anymore. I don't know if I could um, I don't even know. Just give me a role and then I can do it. But, you know, yes. You know. But like if I had to like recite Shakespeare right now. Oh, ooh. no. No. <laughs> it was my minor. Or like And I'm like, I don't even know if I could long. do it. Like, I'm, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, I just made the brave choice to just choose a path. Yeah. And I think it was very funny to my whole family, relatives, everyone that... I was going to be a fitness professional because right. they were like, you? <laughs> really? Because are they thinking back to Ryan growing yes. up? Yes, yes. And how I was big and I couldn't right. I couldn't throw a ball and I would, right. you know, fake diarrhea to not go on the field and play football. <laughs> like, you know, I would make up so many ways to be like, I'm not going to play this game today. <laughs> Like I'm not, I remember one point, like the coach, it was junior high football. He was like, I think you're done. And my dad, I was like, Oh, thank God. My dad was like, no, he's still going to stay on the team. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave. Like I got what I wanted. Right. I was so bad <laughs> and miserable that they were like, get him out of here. And yet you swoop in. He's going to play. I'm like, I don't want to play. Oh, Leave me alone. I'm not, I, I was not meant for that world. Right. I'm meant for this world right. that I'm in now, which is, I mean, I still think about it too. And I'm like, wow, I have been a fitness professional for 11 years. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. I've been <laughs> one for 15. It'll be 15 years this year. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. On I don't regret a single minute no, of making no, that decision, no. but like, you well, know, and, and it, it's not like you're, uh, it's not like we're with one company. I mean, for me, I've taught for everyone under the sun, but it's the same 
genre, yes. if you will, right? Yes. It's the same it's the same section of the library. It's just a different level or yeah. a different row. Or it's whatever. just a, it's just a different field. Yeah. That's all. But it's yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's you have same. to be charismatic. You have to be engaging. You have to put on a show. Right. You exactly. It's it's funny that we're talking about this now because um, when I when I interviewed Paige, like I had no idea she was like two hundred twenty five pounds at one point, point. Mm-hmm. and she was a plus size model, and you know, got into fitness and just felt like okay her bones started to ache and just didn't feel good and started to lose weight that way. And now hearing your story, it's so interesting that like, and I've struggled with eating disorders and my weight granted, I don't think it's as visible cause I'm so tall. I have a lot of space to put it and hide it, but I've struggled with food my entire life for the most part. I think it will always just be a struggle. Yeah. I, it's just how you manage it. Yeah. But I, I guess my point is that most people look at, fitness instructors like we have it all together oh no right like (laughs) newsflash fitness instructors don't have anything together we are messy human beings just like the rest of the population i almost think we're worse to be honest we are because we have to do laundry every four days yeah that's true that's true but we have to put on this facade yes you have to put especially everything right now within the last year and a half like you have to put on a facade you know but still being true to yourself right Right. So it's a balancing act. It is. And the last year and a half has been, you know, different for for both of us. You actually got COVID and really, really struggled with your yes. health. And I got let go from a job because the, you know. But we, we still have to. We're doing well. We still have to make people happy. Right. Right. Make people forget about yeah. their worries for yeah. 45 50 minutes. And most of the time, I forget about my worries. In of that, course. In that the, time period, Listen, too. adrenaline is yeah. one hell of a drug. Yeah. And there is it something really, is. really cool about being up in front of people putting on a show. Yes. Right? So let's talk about this past year. Mm-hmm. You got COVID when? I got COVID back in June. Okay. Like three weeks after. So kind of early on Yeah, yeah. When right? it was still kind of the wild, wild west. Yeah. Yes. Um, I got it. We we went back to work. We were only furloughed for like six weeks. Okay. Um, we went back to work. So Memorial Ryan and Day. I work at Lifetime. I guess I, I don't even know if I said yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a studio manager. <laughs> we at work at Lifetime together. One He's, of our lifetimes yeah, here in Atlanta. Yeah, yes. Okay. So you got furloughed for six weeks and you go back in June and you got it like right when you went back? Like three weeks after, after I got back, um, you know, it was one of those things where you just don't, you know, you don't know where you get it from. Yeah. You know, I finally was like, okay, out and about. Yeah. Because, you know, it was very different here in Atlanta than our friends and family up in New York. Absolutely. Very different. Like, yeah. still, night, is. Still, still is. Still is. Night and day. Um, although now they have legalized weed, which, <laughs> come on, Georgia. <laughs> Listen, you're lucky Georgia went blue last year. Okay? I know. <laughs> you got 10 more years to wait until. I know. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll yeah, take one small yeah, win. One but, small win at a time here. But, um, you know, it's just, it started off like uh, we were at the pool. Um, and, you know, there was a lot, there was, I wouldn't say there was a lot of people. There were people at my apartment complex's yeah. pool, but everyone was staying away. But we still didn't know if it, if it is it surfaces, is right. it airborne? Like, right. this literally was. A couple of months after the world shut down, right. we, we didn't know anything. Yeah. Science, that's what's amazing about science is a week later, 
it's complete. You're getting different information, right. which is frustrating. But like, well, that's that's science. Yeah. That's how th- that's how we get to where we, are, we now, are now. Right. And they can't really come out and be like, actually, we don't know anything about this because then the world we would just be. I mean, so listen, chaotic. there is still a ton that we need to realize. Yeah. Like, like why didn't my husband get it, but I got it, but exactly. we lived in 600 square feet. I was gonna ask if he got it. No, yeah. he's fine. <laughs> Except for a shoulder. I just made a face. You can't see that. He's fine. Um, but yeah, it just started. I thought maybe I got bad sunburn. Okay. You know, when you get sunburn, you kind yeah, of get the chills and you're yep. like, oh. So um, that it was that. And then it just got progressively worse. And I was like, I think I, I think I might have it, which, you know, I was like one of the first employees. Right. Um, at Lifetime, but I didn't really, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to scare anybody. Right. I also was fearful about losing my job. Right. So I, you know, just, we kept it very hush hush, Yeah. but we did all the right things. You know, we followed the protocols. If yeah. there was anybody that I had extended contact with without a mask, we obviously yeah. went through the whole protocols with the CDC. Um, but by like day six, I was like, fuck, yeah. I'm no, I'm not good. Um, I had 103 fever for seven days straight. Um, fainted like three times, like getting the remote. Um, I can't even tell you how many asthma attacks I had. Huh. I have had chronic asthma my whole life. Right, right. But majority of my 20s and early 30s, it's been completely fine and yeah. under control. Um, so what ended up happening was I got very sick and I was out for two and a half weeks Three weeks actually, and then before I went back, and then I just couldn't. Uh, te- teaching one class was was uh, so hard, like debilitatingly hard. De- debilitating, yeah. crying after class, like what what is going on? Because we didn't know anything about long haulers. Right. Now we surprise. Do. <laughs> I'm a long hauler, still yeah. am. Okay, so explain what a long hauler is. So a long hauler is somebody, or I guess now there's a different term. It's like long COVID, and there's some sort of acronym that I will not use because it's too complicated. Yeah. But we are people who got COVID and are still suffering from the effects of COVID. Okay. It ranges from very small things mm-hmm. to massive things. Uh, I quickly found, once I became vocal... I wasn't really vocal about it until I reached my hundred days and I was like, I have 11,000 followers on Instagram. Like I need to, I've always been somebody to use my platform for greater good. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm going to do it. I'm just going to post like, Hey, I, I, you know, I have COVID. Yeah. Um, I believe I'm a long hauler. This is all new information. I joined a bunch of support groups on Facebook and Instagram. Once I found my tribe of people. So we were all comparing notes what worked, what doesn't work, what's helping you, this right. and that. Um, I ended up, well, I shouldn't say ended up. I still have lung damage mm. and uh, heart damage from having Jeez. COVID. But my symptoms were, and this was kind of the norm for most people in my situation, um, rapid heart rate. Yeah. Uh, standing up, your heart rate would be 120. Mm. You know, doing even the smallest thing. You could be sitting watching TV and all of a sudden your heart rate is at 125, 130 for no reason at all. Um, I had constant migraines. I lived off of Tylenol, DayQuil, and NyQuil every day for 127 days. 
My liver hates me. My kidneys absolutely hate me. And and what happened? Like physically, what was happening in your body too? Physically, the inflammation in my body was yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. Mm. A lot of it's inflammation, but I gained a lot of weight because of uh, my body consistently trying to fight whatever this is. It just well, wouldn't. It just wouldn't leave. And is it fair to say, like mentally, you were not in a great place? Either? Oh no, it was terrible. So let's go back to Probably, you know yes. Ryan growing up. How do we cope? Yeah, right? food. And Good. alcohol, like, and, oh, and al- like, yes, I mean, listen, that's just a fitness instructor's You should, life. yes, wine, wine, all yeah. day long. Yeah. Even if I was sick, I was like, I need wine. Right. It's, I'm gonna, it's the only right. way I'm gonna feel right. good. Right, right, right. Um, and it's kind of that thing where you know, okay, this is gonna make me feel worse, but I don't care because I'm so miserable that yes. I just, I want it anyways. Yeah, you and needed you some sort of escape, whether it like, was, you know, listen, I'm not gonna lie, marijuana actually yeah. helped. Yeah. You know, it helped ease. Well, it, it helps people with cancer. Like, yeah, we get like, it together, America. You know, like, I, I, I mean, I used to smoke a lot when I was in college, yeah. and then I kind of found out I was allergic to the actual plant because mm. I would break out in rashes when oh, I, like, yeah, I was. Sucks. It was weird. And the doctor, I know, right? I was like, <laughs> ah, this sucks. Um, but I, you know, I had one bad experience with an yeah. edible when I lived in San Francisco. Don't buy anybody from in a park. <laughs> just, just don't do that. Don't do that. Random it's gonna shit. be bad. Um, but honestly, you know, edibles would help. Once I switched to that, I could stop taking the Dayquil, Nyquil. Right. I was able to sleep, kind and that like was really important. Easier. Yes, it would just kind of rare. Yes, it would, my heart rate system. would slow down. Yeah. It would take away a lot of the pain. Mm. So, in addition to the rapid heart rate, I had constant migraines, constant fatigue, heart damage, lung damage. Uh, a lot of neurological issues, which are still with me. So random body parts would just go numb. Mm. I don't know if you've ever felt your kneecap go yeah. numb, but it's weird if your knee. Kneecap? Yeah. It's just weird. It's random. It's just random. Um, that still sort of happens. Yeah. I, I don't have peripheral vision anymore. Really? Yeah. So like driving at night is extremely difficult if I'm not taking back roads because I can't really merge. I have huh. no depth perception. Yeah anymore which is i'm not the only one that's experiencing this um there's thousands of other people and i've done i was actually a part of a bunch of um upcoming documentaries about long haulers there's a a a company i forget what it's called i think it's my covid journey okay they're on instagram they it was a couple from brooklyn and they traveled they still are all over america talking to people who are long haulers and they're putting it in a documentary um, so I was fortunate enough to talk they found to them. You? Yes, they found me because I was very vocal on right. Instagram about right. it. And my support group was like, oh, you need to reach out to this dude. He's got a very interesting story. He's a fitness person. Yeah. He's got a big following. He can get the word out about this. Because the whole, we just wanted, it's kind of like Lyme disease and MS. The right. doctors aren't taking, now they're taking it seriously, but they were not taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, I went to three different cardiologists before somebody would just listen to me because they thought I they thought I was just somebody who wanted pills, mm. that I wanted narcotics, that I wanted like you know like those people and they just get it's like yeah. you you just, just you're here because quick fix. yeah because you just want to get high yeah. and I'm like that's I want relief I yeah. want answers. Um, it's still frustrating to not really have answers, right. but after and I got very sick from the two vaccines. Yeah, I was gonna very it, get into that. Yeah, so the first first shot, <laughs> um, I was sick for eight days. Mm-hmm. Everything came back so. I had progressively done specific workouts that would not get my heart rate up. I was really paying attention to my new heart rate zones, so to speak, and making sure that I was not really exceeding. Overextending. Yeah, overexerting. 
and I had made such progress, such progress. Mm -hmm. And then I got the first shot and then everything came back. Yeah. Like flooding back. Which is what they say. Like if you had COVID, chances are the first shot's going to take you down. Fucks you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it did. Yeah, I, I know. I had to. I taught for you. You did. I was like, mm, you need to teach for I had me. Just I can't like, come on board. And he's like, will you teach my class if this goes down? I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, I was uh, like, you're on. One, go. And then the second one, I'm like, how you feeling? You're like, not good. I'm like, I got it. I yep, got it. Yep. I was like, please, just, oh. just do whatever you need to do. But after the second one, it a couple days, but then it, it was like, only three. But I did have to go to the hospital. Oh, you did. Yeah, because I had 24 asthma attacks in 48 hours. Ugh. Yeah. But immediately on day four, my heart rate was normal. I didn't have migraines. It's like everything went away. Everything except the neurological issues. Okay. Those you are still, still those. those are still here. But the physical ones, it's the fatigue, so random. the migraines, the heart rate all went away. And I was like I cried. I like taught class and I just was like looking at my heart rate and I was like and I like announced, I was like, yeah. I think I'm okay. <laughs> and then everyone cheered because yeah. they've just been on this journey yeah. with me yeah. the whole time. And then I just started crying because I was like, oh my God, am I right? Am I going to have a sense of normalcy? Right, right, right. Well, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I went through this when I got severe vocal nodes. I was teaching 15 classes at Flywheel. God, no, nodes are shit. And I was in speech therapy for eight weeks and they were at, they looked at me and they're like, you can't do this. Like you yeah. can't physically do this. Your body can't handle it. And it's that moment where you're like, I love what I do so much, but my body doesn't. And it's that like, it's like your body is fighting your mind and you get so depressed and so sad because oh, yeah. you're like, what if I have to give this up? What if I can't do what I used to do, you know, six months ago and all these things start happening in your mm -hmm. brain. So I would imagine it's been like that over the past year where you're like... I was like, am I going to have to do something completely different? Like, are you just going to have to sit there and manage and not teach again? Like, I mean, thankfully, you know, like I like, like you back in the day. Right. <laughs> I don't know how we did it. But I was teaching like 20 classes uh, a week. And I just a just little side cut. Pay your instructors. Yeah. Pay your instructors so that we don't have to do... Right. 20 classes a week. And give them benefits. But that was back then. I really don't know if that is the case now. I think the whole fitness world is totally different anyways now. Yes, like, it is. I, it I don't really even is. think there's a norm anymore. I mean, no, we're not going to see a norm until probably at least another year. I mean, so many of them got laid off. So many benefits. I mean, I never got benefits with Flywheel because I was never technically hired full-time, but I was teaching a full-time schedule. Schedule. Yeah. So that's just how they rolled because they could get away with it back then. But then you like get nodes and you're like, right. well, your whole world now just is flipped upside down. Exactly. And I had to pay for my health insurance. Exactly. 100%. So like- Your besides... company doesn't exist without talent. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. Coming from my TED talk. <laughs> we could, I think we might have to have a part two about just fitness in general and and not necessarily. We could have a part three, four, and five. Absolutely. I could be here for hours. We could, we could do this for hours, honestly. We're talkers, clearly. But regardless of what it did to you physically, like where, what did it do to you mentally with you, Ryan, with you, Ryan, and your weight, and with you, Ryan, and your relationship? Um, with food or my husband? Your husband. Oh, it made us stronger. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had to really see me at like my, my absolute worst. Yeah. Um, 
and then he broke his shoulder six weeks ago. So I've seen him <laughs> at his worst. So it, the last two years have been a, a lot of growing yes. with us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's made me reevaluate like what's important. Right. You know, like I still am very identity intertwined with job. Yeah. And I think I was forced to kind of be like, well, who am I mm. if I have to give all of this up? And did you find that? It's a work in progress. Yeah. It's still, I don't think it's ever going to be, um, solidified I'm, you can't or... see I'm doing something with my hands, <laughs> solidified. Um, but I, I think it's, I think we're all going to be work in progresses yeah. our whole lives. I think we all should be work in progresses our whole lives. Yo, well, if you stop, if you stop learning, then you, right. you just stopped caring. Right. Essentially right. what it is. Um, but I would say that there were some really great things that came out of it too, where it was, you know, I was forced to like, when we were furloughed, I was forced to be like, well, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And I found ways yeah. to make money. And that's the thing I will say. And I, I know that my parents are very proud of me. I am a hustler. Mm-hmm. 120%. Yep. Um, I have always, found a way whether I mean in the moment you're like oh my god what the fuck am I gonna do right I have always found a way to rise above I think that also comes from the theatrical side because I lived in LA and I was in SAG and after and went to school for TV radio and film and then wanted to be on camera and it's like if you go that route you have to know that you are going to do whatever it takes to pay the bills mm-hmm. because you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. You have to be available at two o'clock on a Tuesday for an audition. Yep. Or whatever it is. You can't take a nine to five. And, and if you can't get your bar ship covered, then right. you will probably have to look for a new bar. Right. And luckily, New York and LA, there's plenty. Or that you're plenty. Used, let's say there used oh, to be plenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yes. again, it's all everything's totally different in those big cities, and I'm so glad that I currently live in Atlanta. Yes. Like, a year ago, I think we were the laughing stock of the world, and now everyone's kind of looking at us like, "Oh fuck, we live. We wish we lived in Georgia." Yeah, honestly, you know? like I was very against what we were doing yeah. a year ago, yeah. but now looking back on it, I'm like, "Well, thank God we were here." Yeah, I think we kind of did the right thing. Yeah, in a way. Like I only, I was only, we were only furloughed at Lifetime for maybe six weeks. Right. Where we, whereas have I have Broadway friends that yes. still have not. They don't know when they're, I mean, now they know because right. some of their shows are coming back. Right. But like it has, by the time that my friends are back on, on tour or back on Broadway yeah. or doing whatever they're doing yeah. in the East Village, West Village, yep. it will have been, what, 17 months? I was say 18 months, yeah. 18 months. Same thing for my friends in LA. And again, it's not, these, you don't go into fitness and you don't go into the theater, you know, arts, music, whatever. You don't do that for the money. No. No one does that for the money because... I mean, you think when you're young, right. yes, and then you realize, right. mm, no. Not all of us are going to be Kardashians or whatever, right? But we would want to be. <laughs> <laughs> that would never... No, thank you. Never. But my point is, like, you go into these fields because you like what you do. You love what you do. It fulfills you. So having that stripped away from you, having basically these people are... are and me included, right? We've lost jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? You go back to your hustling ways. I went back to what I was doing at 25, 26, where you drive around and you teach people how to do anything you possibly can yep. to make money. And 
it does something to your psyche. It does something to your mental health because... Well, you become a warrior. Yeah, you become a warrior, but it just... It, it strips away everything that fulfilled you, not being able to do a Broadway show or, you know, film that movie or teach a fitness class. Like, regardless of the paycheck, it takes away what gives you joy. And mm-hmm. that's a really difficult thing. Oh, it's very difficult. Very, And I know that we're not the only people that lost jobs or dealt with anything of this sort last year. But just to kind of put it into perspective, like, sure, it does something to your physical body, but more so your mental health is the most important thing. Like your physical stuff, we can see a doctor, we can treat it, we can hopefully figure it out. And they're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna come to you after they hear your story and they're gonna be like, actually, can you be like a little lab rat? You know, so we can figure yeah. out like why this happened and what we can do and hopefully in-, in Which the I mean, I would love because right. I would, you know, Fix- I'd like to be able to drive on 285 at night. Right. <laughs> Right. I can't. I'm like, nope. We're going with back roads. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. it's too. It's it's too difficult. It's too dangerous. Yeah. Too. It's too dangerous. You don't want to. So you anyone. just you have to. It's just constantly pivoting and adjusting. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you now, kind of with everything? Your your weight, the job, the um, you know, you said you still have no migraines anymore. No migraines anymore. Um, I will go back to. My pulmonologist and cardiologist, I believe in like September, October, because um, they were kind of like, okay, we know what's up. Right. If anything really drastically changes, obviously come see us, but sure. like, let's just, let's just go the course, you know, see what happens in like a year, right. eight months down the road. Um, I did have to start um, hormone replacement therapy because it did ruin my hormones because of all mm-hmm. the stress. So I'm currently... Uh, seven weeks into that, okay. I feel great. Good. So I feel like okay, like I'm I'm getting back getting to there. Yeah, yeah, I've lost weight, I've lost some inches, yeah. I've lost some body fat. Good. Um, but also like body positivity. That's Shit. always been my thing. Always. I've never been the instructor that has abs or good arms, but I'm yeah. very relatable, and yeah. that's what makes you a very successful person in this industry. Thousand percent. Yeah. Um, just a side note, everybody, uh, you're okay the way you are. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'm I right now. I'm just excited to be getting back to my old. Well, I don't want to be my old self mm. because I think we re- all realized after this whole year and a half too, maybe our old self wasn't working, right? Yeah. So I'm currently on a mission and a journey to a new self, but I'm getting better. I love that. Yeah. I love that because I don't want to be the, my old self. Yeah. Because that's in the past, but it's also completely dead. Right. I'm not I'm not ever going to be like I have heart and lung damage. I am not going to be who I was back in February 2020. Right. And either you can choose to play the victim and poor me and this is who I am or or use it like you're doing be like I know I'm not going to be that person anymore, but I'm going to be this person in every capacity I can even better. Yes. Right? And I can inspire people that might be going through the same exact thing or might be struggling with some of their old side effects or side effects that haven't gone away or whatever it is. So, you know, you you always have choices in your life. And I think like one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from you just in this past hour is finding your tribe. Yes. Like literally finding the people that support you and that you feel comfortable being around. Mm-hmm. So what it's would you... It's key. Life. It's a key. And it, it can be really hard to do. So like... What would you tell a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy listening right now? Like, what would you have told yourself back then? 
knowing it how sounds, far you've It come. sounds cliche, but like it gets better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I know that's cliche, but like it does. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember God, you know, like when I was like dating girls, um, <laughs> you know, like if you broke someone's heart, like when you got your heart broken, you were 13 or 14 or 15, even like 17. It's it, it's okay. Trust yeah. me, you're it's gonna. It's a freak. big deal in the moment. It's a big deal big in the deal. moment. Yeah, uh, you're gonna feel really lost. You're gonna feel like such an outsider, but you will eventually find your people. Yeah, and then everything in life will make sense. Yes, I. Everything in life will make sense once you find your purpose. Yeah, your tribe, your people. And your passion. Your passion. Yes. I love that. We are going to end with that. Yes. That is good. <laughs> and you're, 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 we're 34 and 39 and we're still works in progress and that's okay. I'm going to be a work in progress to the day I die. I, uh, like as we should be. <laughs> Otherwise, you're I will, dead. <laughs> I will never fully have my shit together. That's okay. That's fine. But not you can have your shit together and still be a work in progress. Of course, you can always. But I'm just want, not gonna have my shit together. Well, that's 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 a whole other. <laughs> that's a side note. But there's always you can always want more. You can always want better. You can always want to do better. But I think it's also important to take a look at where you are right now and be like, wow, look at what I've accomplished. Yes. Look at what I've been through. Like, and it's really hard. You can get like the, you can absolutely, and I'm sure we all do this. The woe is me. Yeah. You, you yeah. start you looking at victim. friends who get better jobs yeah. and you're like, well, why is that not me? And it's like, well, that's not meant to be me right, right now. There is something for me. I just don't know what it is yet. 100%. That's where I am at in life yeah. right now. There's something But coming. like, I think what we've all taken, especially if you work in fitness or any sort of Service. hospitality yeah. service yeah. i think we've all sort of learned our worth and really what makes us happy right you know like carving out this time saying no mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i mean before this all happened i think if you said no to anything it was like yeah. well how dare you yeah now it's very much like no like my time is valuable very valuable and if that i means have a different I set s- of priorities yeah. now and if it doesn't line up guess what thank you very much but I will be taking care of myself. Yeah, that's a huge lesson I've learned over the past year. And also, like, it's my life. Like, yes. if you don't agree with it or you don't like something. I mean, like, look, at you, you lost your job. Right. You hustled. But, like, you're happier now than you were. 100%. Last year. Yeah. It's like, oh, you, you got back to your what makes you. You got back to your why. Right. You got back to your yes. You right. got back to your joy factor. Yeah. Yeah. It just in that moment, it's really hard. You yes, know, it's, it's, it's very hard. hard. To, it's hard to get, you know, dumped. It's hard to lose a job. It's hard to lose anything. But you have to know that it's going to get better. Yep. And it always does. You have to trust that. Whether it's very small or big, it always gets better. Yeah, yeah. And that's key. So cheers to getting better in 2021. Fuck yeah. Thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you. And we definitely need to do a part two. I, I think so. And I need to I need to figure out like how I'm become more interactive with listeners and like what do they want to hear? Who do they want to bring back? What do they want to talk about? So we're gonna throw that out there in this Maybe episode. Maybe polls. Yeah. I'm gonna start some polls. We'll do that. When we promote this show, um and people we'll listen to it, like what do they want? What do they want to loop back around? And we'll do a part two. We'll bring you back. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Six Feet Above podcast. 
I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Six Feet Above Podcast to keep the conversation going and feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram11. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced by Megan Armstrong and Denor Sapolia, edited by Jacob Smolian, and the music is by Keenan Willis, funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.